All right, so say that again into the microphone. I'm not swearing today. You're not at all? No. Okay. I have about 25 pieces of change here, and I have a feeling we're going to need more. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. You're not swearing today, not with that attitude, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh, that man. was forced. That was forced. talk about today i don't know you gotta well, stop lo- watching basketball i can't anyway. stop watching um all right yeah there's about seven and a half minutes left u of h is up by two in the american athletic conference championship game against the bearcats of cincinnati um i've never even heard of the american athletic conference so yeah it basically it started when the big east fell apart about what was that six or so years ago i don't know Nobody knows. But, uh, yeah, it's a big game. They'll be in the NCAA tournament regardless of how this game turns out. But if they win, it'll definitely help their seeding. They could potentially move up to a number four seed. So we'll see. What what are they going to be right now? Um, so before the conference tournament started, a lot of projections had them at a number six seed. Actually, there were a few projections that showed them playing <coughs> Texas in the first round which they project Texas to be around an 11 seed. So that would be a cool first round matchup. But uh, I don't know. It'd be nice to see him win the conference as well. I'm going to I'm gonna rely, uh, rely on you for this because I don't follow college basketball. So. Yeah. Not even the tournament? No. Not really? really? That's Never surprising because I, you know, I figured you'd be all over the tournament. We got that serious eye yeah. contact going today. Keep watching the game. You're right about that. <laughs> Should just keep doing that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I figured the tournament, that'd be something you'd be into as far as uh, the Just suicide pool and all that stuff. Can't get into it. Never fill out a bracket. Gave up on it a couple oh. of years ago. Well, let's, let's never change look back. that. Never look back. Now, so Andrew has claimed that he is, this is uh, episode three of Not With That Attitude. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, Brian Turk. I'm here with... Uh, our faithful producer, Mitch Marzola, and Andrew Bartos. That's me. Welcome. Andrew uh, cannot stop swearing to save his life. He has proclaimed no swearing today, and I call bullshit. Well, like I said, we'll see. Yeah, we're going to see. Goal. Well, we're going to see, and everybody else is going to hear. So. Yeah. So what's been going on? Not a lot for me. Not a lot. Uh, Megan... I've got several stories about Megan to tell. Maybe we'll wait and hold off to get into that. Allergies, really my main, the star of my show right now. Really bad allergies. I'm sorry. Uh, tree, I thought it was just tree. Uh, pollen, I guess, is what trees give off as well. Thought that was my only issue, but apparently grass as well. Hmm. Fortunately, it's really easy to get away from trees and grass. Yeah. So it should be okay. Yeah, we should be okay in here. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have bad allergies growing up, but maybe I outgrew them. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, your body supposedly the chemistry of your body changes yeah, every seven years. I don't years. really deal with allergies anymore. So yeah, I'm blessed, I guess. They're dealing with me, so <laughs> I don't deal with them either. Not well, anyways. What, what's new with you? Um, just a lot of running these last couple weeks. Training for the Brasses Bend 50 miler coming up in a month. April 7th, I'm actually, wow. I'm doing a 30-mile run tomorrow at Memorial Park. I'm going to go run the Purple Trail, and then I'm going to bring a bunch of solid food with me, um, because during this 50 miles, so normally, when I run a marathon... Can you stop for a minute and define solid food? So, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, when I typically run a marathon, my nutrition during the race just consists of goo, gels, 
and of water course, yeah, and Gatorade. But running a 50-mile race, it's I don't think it's going to cut it. I'm going to have to eat solid food. So my plan is to bring some fruit, bananas, oranges. I'm going to bring some Fig Newtons, some potato chips, some tortillas with hummus. I might make some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches trying to f- imagine you eating tortillas and hummus while yeah. you're running and where is all this well going? no i mean i'll take a break so the reason i'm doing it at the purple trail is because it's only a two mile loop okay. and so i'm when i park my car that's going to be my aid station so during the race during the 50 mile race there's aid stations about every four miles where they'll provide hydration water gatorade as well as fruit foods and when i looked up on the website a lot of the foods that they're offering are like fig newtons potato chips all the stuff that i plan on bringing tomorrow so every 10 miles tomorrow i'm going to stop and eat some food whether it's a banana and some cookies or orange and some chips and then see how my body reacts to the food because i've never ran and then eaten and then ran again so i have no idea how I'm going to react to this, how my stomach's going to feel. I'm also going to bring some ginger ale in case I do have some stomach issues. Apparently that helps. Um, Is the Purple Trail the main loop at Memorial Park? So it's across the street from the main loop. So the Purple Trail, it hooks up to all of the bike trails on the other side. So there's the blue trail, red, orange, yellow. I think there's a green one as well. And the Purple Trail, it's a two-mile loop that they all kind of like interconnect with. Um, and since the race is going to be on a natural trail, that's another reason I want to do this run on a trail is just to simulate the actual surface I'll be running on. And then, um, I want to be somewhat close to my car. That's why I'm only doing the two mile loop. So I'm never technically really a mile away from my car in case something goes wrong or I'm just hitting that wall super hard and need to eat something or We'll see. But so do, you, do you work tomorrow? No. It's spring break, baby. I'm off this whole week. Because by my math, I just did a rudimentary uh, multiplication problem. That's about four hours it's going to take yeah, you to run? Yeah, I plan on doing it around four hours. Yeah. that's. Yeah. Is this one of the longer runs that you've ever... This will be my longest run ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never ran further than a marathon. All so, right. Yeah, we'll see. 30 miles. We'll just see. Yeah. On a Monday, not for any other reason. On a Monday. Well, I was going to do it today, but because we just got back from the wedding and then we're doing this podcast today, I didn't have time to squeeze it in. So, gotcha. And since we're off tomorrow, I just pushed it to tomorrow. So, seems like you're yeah. always off. The life of a teacher, uh, right? We're truly blessed. Guy never works. Hmm never works so yeah my i've gotten up to uh i got up to 11.3 miles the other day yeah and my feet hurt i think i told you about this but for the sake of the audience i'm getting really bad feet cramps uh during my runs and it got so bad at 11.3 that i intended just to push it to 12 and i had to stop so close to my goal um and pretty much limped for the next 10 miles 10 minutes or so my feet just they cramp up pretty bad. I think it's probably due to my footwear, uh, but I'm sure I need to build up some endurance in my feet as well. Right. Which is something I never really considered. A lot of um, a lot of my running trouble trouble, pardon me, has been in my back and my knees, never in my feet before. So, yeah. this is interesting, and it's I I would say concerning. If my feet are going to continue to do this, how am I going to get through the half marathon in April? Is where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, it could be a combination of things. I mean, you just recently got back into running. Right. So, I mean, it could be, you know, the shoes definitely play a big role. Um, You know, finding that right pair of shoes is crucial. Absolutely. Um, But also, I mean, just your mileage. Because, I mean, when when did you start running again? It's been, what, four or five weeks? Five weeks at the most. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are you running per week? That's a good question. Last week... Uh, I would say probably in the seven days from Sunday to yesterday, about 28 miles. Yeah. Maybe too much. Yeah, that might be a little too too much. much. Right. I'm hoping that's the the issue with the feet. Uh, 
because I certainly want to be able to go further than 11. Yeah. So you're right. You you can you have repeatedly warned me of only increasing by uh, uh, 10% <laughs> per week, and I've just completely ignored that. It's ha- yeah, it's hard because, I mean, when you run and you start feeling good, you're like, oh, I man, I want to run 15 miles tomorrow. I want to, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to stop, yeah. and then then you end up getting hurt. And Yeah, fortunately I'm not hurt, but uh, but my feet – uh, they just keep cramping up, so I don't know. Mitch, any suggestions from you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right, great. Well, Andrew's a beast. He's going to run 50 miles uh, in a month. Is that right? A little less than April a month? April 7th, yeah, a little less than a month. That's yeah. that's, that's nuts. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Uh, I'm Shortly after that, week after that, I'm going to try to run 13.1. So. Yeah. You got it. I've been repeatedly advised that from this point forward, I really shouldn't run any further than about seven miles at any point in order to prepare um, for mm. the half. So the look on your face suggests maybe you have a different opinion. Well, let's have it. I mean, I don't know. I think it depends. I mean, there's so many different variables that come into play. It's that's the one thing I've learned since I've gotten seriously into running within this past year or so is that everybody is different. And just because somebody says one thing doesn't mean it's going to apply to everybody. So my advice would be, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. As long as you feel okay, then, I mean, no need to change it. Right. Um, but as far as like your long runs, I mean, there's if you're going to run a half marathon, if you're training for a half marathon, there's no need to do your long runs running a half marathon. Right. I would say keep your long runs maybe around 10, at the most, maybe 11 miles. Gotcha. Um, and another, th- I mean, and you definitely, when you're doing those long runs, you definitely want to make them long runs. Like you're not trying to break any records as far as pace. Like keep it slow. You really want to run at a pace where you can have a conversation with somebody and run. And that's another thing that I'm struggling with is when I do these long runs, like I start feeling good and I want to speed up and speed up. Like it's hard to, you know, pump the brakes and keep it slow. That's one thing I did last week uh, on my 10 mile run last Sunday. And then my 11 mile run on Tuesday, Uh, my fastest miles were late in these runs. Yeah. Uh, I've been finding that consistently. I've been really methodically pacing myself and I seem to uh, be able to pick the pace up around seven or eight miles. That's been a consistent, uh, even further back than that 10-mile run, that's been a consistent uh, occurrence for me. Yeah. So I think that's good. But I'm running slow. I mean, I feel I'm in, yeah. the, I'm in the 11 to 12-minute range per mile, and I feel just at some point I, I, I'm hoping to be able to pick that up. Yeah, it's a little, and you will. It's I a mean, bit it's, of a deterrent. Yeah, to be I mean, it takes time. It takes time. Right. You have to consistently do it, and it's not something that's going to happen within i mean it takes years to build up your speed and your stamina and your endurance says the guy who's running seven minute miles years right (laughs) no you're right you're absolutely right yeah but i've been running for a lot longer than a year yeah i've done the marathon the last five years i mean i've I've just recently getting gotten i guess super serious about it to where I have like detailed training plans now every week. Like I right. have a detailed diet plan that I follow so every what, week. What was your pace in the first marathon that you ran? Do you remember the first marathon I ran? I finished it in five hours and 45 minutes. The cutoff is six hours. Okay, so I finished it 15 minutes ahead of the cutoff. That's definitely encouraging um, for me. Yeah. And so 345 I, minutes. Is what that is, divided by 26.2, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is that, like 12 and a half minutes? 13, 13, 13 yeah. minutes, 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or 13.15. I'm, I'm getting confused right now. 13. It's over 13 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. And I'm but yeah, go, you'll be oh, fine. I'm gonna step away. I mean, is for, it something that you're gonna you plan on sticking with after absolutely. this half marathon? Are you gonna eventually try and do a full? The half marathon kind of just came up uh, out of nowhere. My uncle runs dozens of half marathons a year. Yeah. Uh, lately, and he's been very successful. He actually just ran a half marathon yesterday in Washington D.C. He he 
intends to run one in each of the 50 states. Oh, nice. 48 contiguous states. I can't remember which it is. But he happened to be coming here in April, um, and then they're driving to San Antonio for the half. I just found out about this. As I told him, I started running again, and it all just kind of came together. So Cool. wasn't really – the half marathon is – it's going to be interesting to see if I can do it, but that was not my main focus. My main focus was to just get back out there and lose weight. And I think my pace has a lot to do at this point with both my age. Um, oh, for sure. And my weight. Right. Uh, up until very recently, I've been a real fat, um, fatty guy. <laughs> I was going to swear, and I decided not to. I, I My weight got up to, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, uh, my weight got well above 240. Yeah. And I'm also 40 years old, so um, definitely getting harder to lose weight. But I weighed myself in November. I was 240. I think sometime in December, I'm certain that I was probably closer to 245 or 247. And this morning, I was 207. So, nice. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. So, wait, it's, what were you two weeks ago when we were, you were, what, 213? I think I was 213 or maybe yeah. even 217, to be honest nice. with you. So almost 10 pounds? Let's see. if I don't think I wrote that down. But I know on January 5th, I was 235. So if you want to do the math. Yeah, um, so that's almost 30 pounds, 30, 28 pounds. 28 pounds in two months, yeah. Nice, man. It's pretty good. The running and, and the walking, I've been doing a lot more walking, which helped. I actually, um, we went to the rodeo the other night for work and saw Luke Bryan, and don't get me started on that because I have a pretty strong opinion about Luke Bryan. We can actually get into that in a minute. But uh, I walked to the rodeo from Montrose and home again afterwards, which is about four miles. Oh, nice, yeah. But the thought of that prior to the other night was just insane. To picture where I live in Montrose and right. to picture where Reliance Center is, the thought of walking. Right. Just net. I would have never crossed my mind in a million years. Yeah. But I, you know, I got home. I was going to walk to the train station, which is about two miles away. By the time I did that, waited on the train, rode the train. And then, the, you know, where the train drops you off at Reliant is way on the other side of the property. Right. I think it probably only took me an extra 10 minutes to walk the entire distance rather than walking two miles to the train yeah and then another three quarters of a mile when i got off the train so yeah are you cursing my my walking what's happening right now oh no cincinnati just tied it up gotcha. oh, i just real i just cursed didn't i how much how much time is left you, there you, is uh you, 45 seconds left it's tied 55 55 u of h has the ball whisper cast whisper as well there we go we'll do that a little bit later this is Corey davis that jr was, that was a uh, oh offensive touch. rebound. Let's go. Sorry. Step lean lean back a little bit when you get that excited. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, whisper whisper cast will come maybe later in this episode. So look for that. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'll just talk about it right now really quick. What are we talking um, about? This is not Luke gonna be Bryan? a very, very popular opinion. Um, as I've gotten older, there are a lot of things that I used to just not understand. And as I've gotten older, they've really started to make sense to me. One thing, uh, a great example of this, um, sometime in my mid-30s, I really suddenly got the Rolling Stones. I think the Rolling Stones are uh, just naturally appeal to an older demographic. Right. I think the, the content of their music and just the energy, the whole thing. I think you can really get into the Beatles at several different stages in your life. The Beatles can appeal to you as a teenager. They can maybe have a little bit of a different meaning to you in your 20s, and then you can continue. Listening to the Beatles is something that I think can evolve with you as you get older and, and have more life experience. The Rolling Stones, I don't think necessarily, I, 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 for me anyways, I never really got them until I hit my mid-30s, and it all kind of just started to make sense to me. The point of this uh, analogy is, I try to remain open-minded to things that I haven't liked in the past, things that haven't made sense to me. Um, that Rolling Stones thing was one of the per first epiphanies I had. That's something that maybe when I was younger that didn't quite make sense to me. could I could have a different outlook on life and therefore a different understanding of as I got older. Flash forward to me going to the rodeo. Um, and, you know, the, the idea was that we went for work. Uh, one of the partners that we work with got us tickets to the suite. Uh, the supplier suite to see Luke Bryan. So I went there with an open mind. I've never understood country music. 
and I will put the qualifier on this that I love older country music. Johnny Cash, Willie right. Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Hank Williams, Waylon Jennings, all that stuff. Man. All that stuff is great. But you know, modern day contemporary pop country music, uh, which is a category Luke Bryan falls squarely in the center of, it just never made sense to me. So I went there with an open mind, uh, and nothing has changed for me. It was absolutely some of the worst, <laughs> some of the worst music that I've ever heard. And I know that I'm certain that some people that are going to listen to this, sorry. Uh, apparently, Andrew has a strong opinion about uh, country music that differs from mine. Is that is that what that noise was about? No, Rob Gray missed a three pointer. Okay, so where where are we at in the game? It's tied fifty five fifty five. Cincinnati has the ball with four seconds left. That's so not they good. will have the last shot. That's not good. Andrew went to U of H, by the way. Yeah, he's a huge go fan. Cougs. He's wearing Cougars gear from head to toe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, just so. The, the whole Luke Bryan thing. I mean. One of the songs that the crowd of about 70,000 people reacted to the most, excuse me, was a song I found out later that he wrote for when his brother passed away. Obviously, uh, uh, the song has a lot of meaning to him, but I just didn't find a lot of depth in the song. Um, The main line that he kept repeating the most in this song about when he found out his brother passed away was, drink a beer. And he just the crowd would just go bananas when he would repeat that line, and I didn't understand. <laughs> I mean, the song had no, I found no emotional connection in it. On the flip side, uh, the dance by Garth Brooks has a, an incredibly powerful impact, you know, on me as someone who's you know lost people close to me in my life. This song just it, Luke Bryan's lyrics to me uh, could have been written by a fourth grader, is how I feel. Yeah. Again, I don't expect everyone to agree with me on this, but just just didn't get it at all. Just couldn't couldn't yeah. get behind it. Couldn't believe seventy thousand people were there. Couldn't believe when I Google Luke Bryan that he's worth about ninety million dollars. None of it makes sense to me. I just don't get. I it. couldn't even name you a Luke Bryan song. It's, I have no idea what he it's sings. Terrible. The music, the, the lyrics, everything. I just, yeah. I, I just. Don't well, when get I it. listen to like newer country music, it all I just don't get it. It all sounds the same to me. Like I can't differentiate these artists. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't listen to it enough. I. Um. You know who I recently started listening to though is Sturgill Simpson. Have you ever heard of Stur- nah, Sturgill yeah, Simpson? Yeah, he's in a different category altogether. He, so if you like that, you know that old country sound, that Waylon Jennings. Um, Type sound, you should definitely check out Sturgill Simpson. I have and the already. stuff that he sings about already. is it's it's pretty weird. Like he sings about eating mushrooms and smoking weed. Yeah, he's not that's not I don't consider that contemporary country music at, in any way whatsoever. He's he's inspired by so many different genres. Right. That although it's it's clearly country, it's a whole almost like a new genre of country. Yeah. Is what it feels like. There's a lot of soul. There's a lot of town influence. There's a lot. Um, Garrett is somebody that Mitch and I work with, and he is a huge Sturgill Simpson fan. Oh, really? Massive, yeah. Absolutely loves him. So, uh, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. He was, yeah. That's how I found out about him. Okay, cool. Here, I just found the the Luke Bryan song, Drink a Beer. I want to look at the lyrics. (laughs) Here's one of the things he says. You ready for this? So I'm going to sit right here on the edge of this pier, watch the sunset disappear, and drink a beer. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, I'm probably going to curse during this. I'm, try- I'm going to try really hard not to. The sunset doesn't disappear, you jackass. The sun sets. <laughs> Sunsets don't disappear, you turd. That makes no sense. <laughs> like a fourth grader could have written that, and the teacher would have taken points off. Because the sun sets, the sunset doesn't disappear. Am I wrong about that? No. Does he even write his own music, though? He I, I don't know. Have, or maybe yeah, a, he might have. He might have a fourth grader write for him. Chris so I'm Stapleton gonna, was a co-writer on this song. On that song? Are you serious? Well, I like Chris Stapleton, and I. So I'm gonna sit right here on the edge of this pier, watch the sunset disappear, and drink a beer. He just says "drink a beer" multiple times in this song. He actually. Whatever he put the mic down or his guitar down or whatever, and picked up one of those Miller Lite cans in the shape of a bottle, 
And yeah. he unscrewed it on the big screen and started drinking it, and 70,000 people went ape shit. And mm. I just, I just, I've sweared, I've, I've cursed repeatedly on this episode, and Andrew has yet to say a bad word, so I apologize. No, but I did say one. I said one. That's, that's right. Just one. I'm, I'm, I'm outpacing you big time on this, though. Mm. I just, I don't get it. I don't get these lyrics. Songwriters, Jim Beavers, I don't know who that is. And Chris Stapleton. I think that's a made-up person. Jim Beavers, yeah. It's just so bad. Ugh. Looks like Anyways. U of H is going to take the L. What happened? Where are we at? They're down by one with 1. 1.2 seconds left, and Cincinnati has the ball. U of H just turned it over. So. Yeah, you guys are done. Sorry that's okay. That. It's okay. We're not done. We're You're done for now. You're gonna, yeah. Your seat's going to be a little bit lower. Yeah, but... We're still playing in the NCAA tournament, and that, Cincinnati is a is a formidable team. They're in they, they they're in the dance most years. Is that yeah, correct? Cincinnati's a really good team. They're uh, ranked number eight in the nation. Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, even hanging with them in this in this game, I I think it's good for U of H. Um, yeah, and if they can, if I mean, if they can play like they've been playing these last week or so, um, they're going to be a tough out in the tournament. I think they play good defense. They can rebound. They shoot really well. So we shall see. Good luck with that. It sounds yeah. like it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So yeah. what else? What do we got? Um, Let's see. What else has been going on? I've been playing a lot of Nintendo Switch lately. Okay. Um, That's, maybe I should pass the mic to Mitch for this. Yeah. So I just recently beat Super Mario Odyssey. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Super Mario Odyssey. Fantastic game. If you have a Nintendo Switch and don't have Super Mario Odyssey, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Go pick it up today. If you don't have a Nintendo Switch, then go pick one up today and get Super Mario Odyssey. Probably one of the best games I've ever played. Um, would you agree, Mitch? Absolutely. Good, yeah. It's, it's so good. The and Nintendo then he, Switch, by the way, is a uh, unsolicited, non-paying sponsor of an Out With That Attitude <laughs> podcast. Have you beaten so. Super Mario Odyssey? Yes. I was so, actually playing it earlier today. Oh, really? Yeah. So, And the cool thing is, so the last kingdom, it's, it's the moon kingdom. And when you that's where your final encounter with Bowser occurs. Of and course, after, yeah, right. after, after you beat the moon kingdom, you unlock the dark side of the moon. And it unlocks this whole new level. And then nice. the whole object of the game is to go through all these levels and worlds and collect these power moons that help power up your Odyssey spaceship that can float around through space and go to all these different worlds. And um, so now my next goal is to collect 500 of these power moons. And then I think you go, I think the darker side of the, is it the darker side of the moon? Are you, have you? That's where I'm oh, at. Oh, man. Mitch is already on the darker Mitch is a side baller. of the Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Really? All right. Shout out to the Nintendo Switch and the shout out to the creators of Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Do you play uh, Splatoon 2? No, I don't. Oh, man. I haven't gotten to that one, actually. I'm a big fan of that, too. Like, okay. I normally hate online multiplayer games, but is I think it it's because I'm competing. Game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so, like, satisfying and rewarding just, like, covering stuff with your paint i don't know there's plus i'm good at it against all these like five and six year olds that i play against <laughs> online <laughs> that's incredible I'm, I'm really proud of you right now thank you thank Absolutely. you uh, so let's see what the... else is going on oh i've got a new shoe review up that i put awesome. up uh when did i put that up about a week ago or Where? no actually two weeks ago after the last uh podcast where can we find your shoe review? You can at? find that on The Beer Run. It's my YouTube channel. Just type in The Beer Run, search for the channel. You have to scroll down a little bit. Um, once I get 100 subscribers, I, I can actually change my URL to youtube.com slash The Beer Run. So I'm only, I think, 91 subscribers short right now. <laughs> you guys heard it here. We need some... We need some love on the so, beer uh, run on YouTube. But uh, yeah, put a review of the Nike Pegasus 34 up. So you can check on check out my thoughts about that shoe, um, why I love it, why it's my go-to shoe for marathons, and actually what I'm probably going to be doing my 30-mile run in tomorrow, even though it's on a trail. I don't have trail shoes yet, so probably going to use those. Also working on three reviews right now, one for the Nike Epic React Flyknit that just dropped a couple weeks ago. 
um, their newest uh, epic foam technology that is supposedly supposed to replace their Lunalon foam. Um, it's a fun shoe. Um, I have things that I like, things that I dislike about it, so be sure to check that out. I'm hoping to have that up at the end of this week. And then working on a couple other reviews, one for the Hoka One One Tracer 2, which is their version of a racing flat, which is another shoe I'm having a whole lot of fun with right now. And then the uh, Saucony Canvara 8. So, yeah. Saucony? Stay tuned. Is it Saucony or Saucony? I don't know. I hear it pronounced so many different ways. I don't know. Nobody knows. I'm trying to make sure I know what you're saying. And yeah. I, we're saying the same thing, I think. Um, so, yeah. Having a lot of fun with that. That's great. So the other day, uh, I bought Megan three pairs of shoes, and the favorite of which are these uh, sparkly, um, silver sparkly shoes, just covered um, from toe to heel in sparkles. And uh, she wore them to school the other, uh, whatever, the next day, I guess it was last Tuesday. I picked her up from school, and we walked up to HEB to do a little bit of light shopping for her lunch the following day. So on the way home, it was uh, the sun had already set. The sunset had gone down, as uh, <laughs> as Luke Bryan says, it disappeared. The sunset had disappeared over the horizon, and we're walking home. It's only about four blocks from the Montrose HEB to my house, um, and it's straight down uh, Bernard. There's a gate in the back of the HEB parking lot, straight on down to where we live, and we get halfway, and there's a balloon sitting on someone's tree lawn. So, of course, Megan wants to pick it up, and as soon as she picks it up, it's covered in some kind of schmutz. I don't know what's on it, but it seems pretty gross, and she immediately drops it, doesn't want anything else to do with it, other than now deciding that she wants to pop this balloon. Um, she happens to be just too small and, and weak. She's very weak for a three-year-old. She can't even make a dent in this balloon. All her foot does is bounce off of it. So I tell her that I'll help her, and as I move forward to the balloon, she backs up into an uncovered sewer hole and goes about waist <laughs> deep in the filthiest crap water that I've ever, I've never been in water this dirty in my entire life. It's so foul, it's covered in like brown foam. It was probably <laughs> human waste. And she went waist deep into this hole of just filthy water in her brand new shoes and her Cinderella dress. It was just... It was just awful. These are the types of things that happen to me um, on a regular basis. Uh, if there's, you know, a thousand places to step and one of those is a shit water hole, I'm going to step in that hole. And apparently that's genetic, unfortunately. So Megan's covered in, in poo water and we had to walk another three blocks home or whatever it was. And her, it's on her hands. It's all over her clothing. I'm just, I'm a mild germaphobe, I would say, so... Didn't want anything to do with what was on her, but I was also concerned with if she had any open wounds. And, and to compound the problem as we're walking the next three blocks, she kept touching her face. <laughs> so she's crying, covered in poop water. We're walking. I'm screaming at her to keep her hands off of her face, which is just making her cry more. Um, just a horrible, disgusting situation. <laughs> but these are the kinds of things that happen to us. Um Another story about Megan. The other day she was outside playing with uh, one of my neighbor's uh, children and some other kids. And <laughs> a few minutes after they'd been playing downstairs, uh, the handyman at my apartment complex and my neighbor come up and they say, uh, yeah, we thought we should talk to you about the Megan's use of the word douchebag. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently my three-year-old, I'm not going to keep throwing money in the swear jar, on this one but apparently my three-year-old looked at the handyman dead in his eyes and called him a douchebag <laughs> and oh he God. he asked her what she had said just to be clear um and maybe also determine if she would be a little more hesitant to say it again but she just looked at him dead in the eyes again and called him a douchebag <laughs> so <laughs> she got a pretty severe spanking that day and i thought that was the end of it the reason this is coming up now is because uh I FaceTimed with Megan and her mom earlier, and apparently she, apparently she called her mom a douchebag twice. <laughs> the second time was after she got a smack, and then she, she said it again. So her vernacular is ever-expanding. 
in both positive and negative ways. But oh, man, uh, that's funny. Yeah, my three-year-old loves to call people douchebags. <laughs> now, some people are douchebags, but I we got to figure out a way to eradicate that. Uh, yeah, that's all term about, from her that's vocabulary. All about education. Yeah, she's getting some education. I'm just not sure it's the right <laughs> education. I'm certain that you know, one of the. It's really easy in a lot of regards and a lot of circumstances to curb my swearing because I certainly swear a decent amount. But one place that it's almost impossible, a place where you really become your worst self or certainly I become my worst self is in traffic. Something yeah. takes over me in traffic and I, I, it's almost impossible for me not to curse at people. I, I hear it after it's already come out of my mouth. And I have no regard for whether she's in the car or she's not in the car. It's very difficult um, to refrain from cursing in traffic because people are such numbskulls. Yeah, people are driving when, in Houston. Yeah. Just yeah, the worst. people are ridiculous. The worst, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really let anything phase me when I'm in rush hour traffic anymore. I'm so laid back i, I just, bet you still curse i bet you sometimes yeah. like sometimes it'll it'll get to me but like for it's the most involuntary part, it's completely it involuntary when it comes out of my mouth in traffic yeah it's just some people it's amazing that some people are allowed to drive yeah what gets me the most is just like those assholes that just don't let anybody over like it's gonna just like <laughs> add Ever. so much time to their commute it's like nobody's moving i like just, to speed up on those people and get in ahead of them two or three yeah. cars and i get such a supreme sense of satisfaction <laughs> right from being ahead of them after they refuse to let me in i just yeah. it, it's really difficult yeah. it, it's a it's a great place to be honest with you to practice empathy because it's That's true you become you go from and if, if from moment to moment in traffic, you go from being the aggressor to having someone be the aggressor on you, you know, to exacting revenge, to having revenge exacted on you. It's like moment to moment. It's a, it's the most difficult place to practice empathy, but I think it's probably the most, I think it's probably the perfect place to try to practice empathy. For sure. I am no good at it, by the way, <laughs> in any way whatsoever. And worst of all, I, I do try to exact revenge on people in traffic. I know that's bad to admit that, but I I do try to 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 let people know that they sh that they shouldn't have done what they did. It's terrible. So yeah. I'm going to get shot you one just day. You need to let it go. Man. I'm certainly going to get shot go. one day. Yeah. Right. You're right. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. You were the the other thing that happened with Megan within the past couple of weeks. You were present for, um, and I'm sure Mitch has heard this story, but I'm going to tell it one more time and then put it to bed. Uh, we went to the rodeo to see uh, Leon Bridges, which was pretty fantastic. He's a he's an amazing artist. I thought it was interesting that he was the choice. He's only got one album currently right. released. So on a Friday night at the rodeo, it was way less than maximum capacity. I'm guessing there were probably. 25 yeah, so, or 30,000 people there out of the 70,000 seats. Yeah, apparently they sold 50,000 tickets, but there definitely were not 50,000 people there. Not. I would say 25, 30,000 30. at most. Yeah. It was yeah. a great it show. Was, yeah, it was, it was a, a really good show. Yeah. And I typically don't like rodeo performances just because I don't like that venue. I don't like the sound. It's so but impersonal. I, it's yeah. incredibly impersonal. But I thought, so I thought he did a really good job. I was, I was really impressed by it. I thought so too. Um, the part of the evening that I least enjoy was was my daughter's behavior, um, and it all. Well, she was just in a bad mood from the get go. Um, that was one of the worst behaved uh, evenings that I've spent with her. To be honest with you, she wasn't. She was ignoring all of my. You know, there are times when she's been poorly behaved, but always if I take a certain tone of voice, I've been able thus far to get her attention and get her to stop whatever it is that she's doing. This night was the night where she just refused to listen to me. She was talking back. A lot of her behavior was uh, in response to the fact that I wouldn't buy her one of those light-up twirly things. You know, you get to the rodeo. Once you enter the actual grounds of Reliant, uh, of Reliant Center, you start seeing tables set up with just... If you've ever been to a show that is geared towards children, they sell a bunch of light-up doohickeys that are right. overpriced. 
and they spin and they make noise and they make a lot of yeah. light. And then they break about 20 minutes later. And then they break later. about 20 minutes later. So just an absolute brat the entire time from the moment she saw one of those tables and I refused to buy her anything. And I wasn't aware at the time, but near the end of the Leon Bridges concert, she pointed pretty far away from us, several dozen sections away and, and two levels below. And she told me, like, see, that little girl got one of those light-up things, and I didn't. <laughs> she basically told me that she was, you know, taking that out on me, which I think is pretty advanced for a yeah. three-year-old and very scary. Well, you were being she, a douchebag. I was being yeah. a, definitely. Probably in her mind I was being. It's a good thing for her she didn't call me that. So the point of the story, though, is that we get out of the concert. She's been awful. Um and we get to uh, the carnival where the rides are. And the first thing that uh, Andrew's son wants to go on, or the first structure, it was more than more of a walkthrough than a ride. Right. What was it called? The Fun? The Fun Factory. The Fun Factory, which is, it, was, it became so pathetic. <laughs> Megan was too short to go in the Fun Factory. And she's just in my arms crying. I want to go in the fun factory. It was so pathetic. I felt so bad for her, even in spite of her behavior all night. It was just awful that she was too short. So she decided that she wanted to go on the Ferris wheel that was next to the fun factory, and she was too short for the Ferris wheel. For some unknown reason to me, to the left of the fun factory was the creep show, right? It was like <laughs> a scary was, ride. Which she was the perfect size for. Which she was the for. perfect size for, according, you know, her height, and when accompanied by an adult, she was allowed on the creep show. I still haven't figured out why that is. Um, but we get, we pay to get on. We enter the car. The creep show is actually a ride. Uh, it takes us up a couple of levels, and before we actually enter the structure, she starts crying. And, and what I think she said is that she bit her tongue, which was just awful. I didn't know what to do about it at that point. But once we get inside, I realize that this is probably going to be too scary for her. So I hold my hand over her eyes uh, pretty firmly, but in a manner that I didn't think was going to hurt her, right? 45 seconds or a minute later when this ride ends, and I know you know this already, but for the sake of the audience, she gets the worst nosebleed that I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I've never seen more than a few drops of this kid's blood since she was born. And I've certainly never seen a nosebleed like this before. It was just a gusher. Her entire face was covered in blood, as was mine, as were our clothes. Um, and every time I got her to relatively calm down, she would look at her hands again, which were covered in blood, and she would just erupt in tears again. So Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was a pretty bad deal. Uh, I went through dozens of napkins and bottles of water, and I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't get the blood off of everything. So what you don't know... Uh, about um, the finale of this story is that when we parted ways with you, um, I would say it was it's a good three quarters of a mile walk back to the train. Right. And at that point, she was just all done. I had to carry her um, for about 25 to 30 minutes back to the train. And then when we got on the train, I'm covered in blood. We look like we just survived a, a, a war. Nobody offered me a seat, so... For another 15 minutes on the train, I had to just hold her. And I'm talking like both arms, total muscle failure. And there was nothing I could do about it. I, I was probably switching hands every 30 seconds or so. Just, yeah, that's horrible, man. It was absolutely. Um, yeah. My arms still hurt. And that was, what, a week and a half ago now? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Bad. It was Those pretty bad. Those are the same people that don't let anybody over during rush hour traffic. Probably some of the same people, yeah. But I don't wish a nosebleed on any parent. It was... Uh, it was pretty awful. Yeah, and she doesn't expected. get nosebleeds. She never had often. before. Yeah, from, see, Aaron gets them. I wouldn't say often, but he gets at least two a month. Really? But yeah, that severe is what was going on. Not here. no, like that was a lot more blood than. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of blood. Yeah, yeah that looked that that was crazy. Yeah, seeing y'all come off that ride and like it looked like she looked like. A zombie after right. just taking a bite out of somebody. She like, still <laughs> thinks that that those monsters were real. She keeps telling me, and that they they're the reason she got the nosebleed. Her, <laughs> what turned out um, to have been the case was that her mom said 
Her nose was bleeding just a little bit earlier in the day, and she thought it was from her picking it. My kid is a chronic nose picker, oh, by the way. Does she eat her brothers? Constantly. I don't think that I catch her eating them too often. Because Aaron eats every single one. Does he and eat I yours can't... too, or just his own? Just his own. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I can't get him to stop. I don't just, know. And now he thinks it's a game. Like, he'll pick his nose and look at me and smile as he eats it. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, she's a chronic nose picker. One of the things maybe you don't know about the nosebleed she got the other night, at one point something was hanging out of her nose, and I was able to grab it and pull it, and it was like a lot. It was long. I felt like a clown pulling... Um, this was during the nosebleed? During the nosebleed, this oh, really? long, uh, what looked like a snot or maybe like a blood clot or something came out. It looked like a bloody worm almost. I know this is pretty graphic, but I think maybe whatever that was had been preventing her from getting the nosebleed early in the day. Right. And it finally was jarred loose. I don't know, but that really um, set me over the edge in hmm. terms of my concern for her. I, I think it honestly was just a nosebleed. Nothing's happened since then, but this long thing came out of her nose, and it was just... Yeah. That's crazy. What, what, what does a clown, like, pull a, a handkerchief? Like a handkerchief, yeah. A long line of handkerchiefs? Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was just kept coming out of her nose. That's pretty so, wild. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff. The joy of parenting. Mm. Um, nosebleeds and, and douchebags. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just her age. I mean, that's how Aaron was when he called when people. He, was, he swore a well, lot. Well, no, not the douchebag thing, but the, like throwing little temper tantrums all the time when he can't get something. It's constant. Yeah. yeah. It's just the worst. But, uh, yeah, now he just knows the answer is going to be no. I'm going to step away for about 30 seconds. So talk about whatever you want. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Mitch? Let's talk about something. You want the mic? Oh, yeah. What are you listening to right now? What kind of... Fill me in on some new music. What are you jamming these days? Hey, everybody. Okay. Um, let's see. More recently... Well, I went to here in Houston at The Secret Group. I went to go see Jeff Rosenstock, who is awesome. Uh, he, I'm wearing the shirt out, uh, actually for post the album he put out just kind of nonchalantly on new year's day he was in a couple of punk bands that i'm not familiar with and then he went solo with his own stuff and he still has that sort of similar sound kind of like punk rock you know a little bit of uh with like some pop sensibilities type stuff he'll sing about a bunch of different types of you know kind of current events and stuff you know he's actually pretty well acclaimed i think lyrically and it's a lot of high energy stuff too for sure so it was a it was a really fun show um getting to go to the secret group for the first time it's a neat little venue it's perfect for you know more intimate shows like that. right but yeah that's definitely a place i want to check out his yeah, uh been there yet. his stuff is really good i liked him and then um this other band who's been a little kind of low-key, they're a little more alternative indie rock type thing, Mount Joy. They recently put out their uh, recent uh, debut self-titled album. Really good. Um, it's got a really great solid side A. The single Silver Lining is outstanding. It trails off a little on side B, but it's still overall a really, really good record. I definitely definitely recommend mount joy without a doubt yeah cool i will definitely yeah, check I it out here i'm gonna write it down so i don't album. forget yeah mitch recommended that mount joy album to me uh, a week and a half ago or so what is it mount joy yeah mt mount. period j-o-y and i i've been listening to it enough that i can probably is that self-titled mm -hmm. okay then i don't need to look it up check it out another uh unsolicited uh non-paying sponsor of the not with that attitude podcast mount Sweet. joy pretty good yeah. good stuff oh, i actually made a little song for my intro video for the youtube channel oh yeah yeah what is that i don't know you want to hear it yeah i want to hear that i want to hear breakfast in the dark at some point on here yeah also. i need to um get my guitar i did 
a string broke, so I need to replace that string and then tune it. And Sounds like we're not going to hear it today, then. Probably not going to okay. hear it today. Got it. Let's see if we can play it on here. It's only 20 seconds long. It's just a little intro. But I was messing around with GarageBand. Do you sing it all? So that's nice. it. Yeah, so while that's playing, I'm going to put together a little video montage for for a little intro, yeah. I'm, and that'll be on the beer run? That'll be on the beer run. That's great. Yeah, that's my uh, my main goal this week, since I'm off this week, is to put a whole lot of time and effort into making that YouTube channel more professional looking. And when you're not running 30 miles, right? When I'm not running 30 miles. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. What else? What do you got? Um, talk a little about U of H. We can talk about the uh, about the NFL, maybe. I don't know how many ooh. people are going to be interested in that, really. But free agency oh, is everybody's set to always open. interested in the NFL. It's going to be interesting this year, I think. Browns, I'm, I think. I'm just, a Cleveland Browns fan. I think so. they just moved up to Super Bowl favorites after uh, acquiring Tyrod Taylor. If well, I'm not mistaken. We got Jarvis Landry as well. The yeah. Juice. Jarvis the juice. Who else uh, did they get? Uh, we got a cornerback from Green Bay. The most notable part of that move, in my opinion, is that we got rid of Deshaun Kaiser, who has just had a historically bad season last year as the quarterback of the Browns. One of the it was one of the most painful things to watch unfold uh, his season last year that I remember ever. And I've always been a Cleveland sports fan, so there have been a lot of lows, but really. I um, still despise Hugh Jackson, and he's still there. We'll see how that plays out. But I'm, I was over the moon that they traded Deshaun Kaiser, who will now inevitably uh, learn behind Aaron Rodgers and lead Green Bay to a Super Bowl. I'm certain of it. Yeah. So have the uh, so you're you're not a Texans fan. You're a you're a fan of which mm, team? I'm somewhat of a Texans fan, but no, I'm more of an Indianapolis Colts fan. Yeah, I can see how you could be a fan of both those teams. That makes perfect sense. Well, it does make perfect sense because they're both in the same division. So going into the year, I have a 50% chance of one of my teams going to yeah, the playoffs. A, just as a as a fanatic, um, being a fan of two teams in the same yeah, division I'm just make increasing my sense. odds. No, yeah, that's great. Now I'm a Jacksonville fan, too. Oh, that's, look at, that's perfect. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, the Colts, they had a disappointing year, but that was to be expected with Andrew Luck not playing at all last year. So, I don't know. Hopefully he comes back this year. Supposedly he's supposed to come back this year, but he was also supposed to only miss a couple games last year. So, I don't know. For the sake of uh, a lot of our listeners probably being from the Houston area, um, have the Texans done anything yet? I haven't heard much. I haven't heard much. I haven't really, honestly, I haven't really been following a whole lot lately. It'll be, uh, it'll be really interesting to see if uh, Deshaun Watson can come back and be the same player after that gruesome injury that he suffered last yeah, year. Yeah, I hope he does, man, because I, that's a fun dude to watch. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. The Browns have gotten a lot of uh, criticism for passing on several quarterbacks, and one of them is uh, Deshaun Watson, so probably not a popular <clears throat> thing to say, but I don't necessarily want to see him be have a successful career. Do you think they're going to go after a quarterback in the draft? What I'd like them to do um, is take Saquon Barkley, number one, and they being the Browns again. I'd like to see them take Saquon Barkley, one, and then whatever quarterback may or may not be left at pick four. Um, yeah. I'd like to see, see them take... Yeah, that's a good strategy because, yeah, Saquon definitely won't be there at pick four. He's, and with – yeah, he'll probably go to the Giants at two, although yeah. they really need a quarterback. But apparently this – it's not a very good quarterback draft, is it, this year? It depends on who you talk to. I think now that we've signed Tyrod Taylor, um, who catches a lot of uh, – catches a lot of heat, people seem, seem to think he's terrible. I'm a huge fan of his, and I always have been. I think he's like Russell Wilson light. 
Yeah. Um, and I, for years, I've thought that Russell Wilson would eventually be the one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL, and right. I think he's pretty close to that now. Uh, so I've always felt like Tyrod Taylor was, was if, if he were able – to use a phrase that Matt Kelly uses on Roto Underworld, um, if they were, if Buffalo had ever unlocked Tyrod Taylor and allowed him to just create, I think that he could have been, yeah, um, in the same mold as Russell Wilson, maybe not quite as successful. So we'll see. But signing him, which the Browns did, uh, I think gives them a little more leeway. They could maybe sign a less polished or draft a less polished quarterback who can sit on the bench for a year or two. In my opinion, by the way, as far as NFL strategy goes, I don't think a rookie quarterback should ever start. I think a rookie quarterback is best served to hold a clipboard. Yeah, Um, I agree. Even with exceptions like Deshaun Watson, look at what happened near the end of the season. He got injured, and we'll see if his career is ever the same again. But as good as Deshaun Watson was last year, couldn't he have maybe even been a little better um, during his sophomore season if he had just learned on the sideline for a year? I think it's Possibly. hard to argue yeah. with Yeah, but I think they were kind of forced to make you know, that move. I don't know. Tom Savage should oh. have been just fine. Yeah, he... Just uh, joking. Yeah, he, uh, he he did something. So, yeah, I can tell you that... Uh, here, I, I saw an interesting um, compilation of Tyrod Taylor stats, and I think the best place for me to pull it up is on Twitter. That's where I found it originally. Let's see here. While I'm looking for this, uh, where is it? Okay, so Tyrod Taylor's um, last three years as the starter in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. um, 51 touchdowns to 18 interceptions, uh, uh, 62.4% completion percentage. Wait, this is three years? The last three years just as the starter, because he was benched last year at one point, which didn't make a lot of sense to me, but... I think you need to take his stats. Who was he benched for? Does it say? He was benched for some rookie last year that was just threw like six interceptions in his first half of football, and then they put Tyrod back in. But he's had coaching changes each of like the last three or four years, so it's really difficult to determine what um, Tyrod Taylor's ceiling is, I think, because he's never really had a chance to grow within the same system year over year. but. Uh, in addition to his 51 um, to 18 touchdown interception ratio, he's run for an additional 1,575 yards and 14 touchdowns. So that's 65 touchdowns to 18 interceptions in the last three seasons. I, I don't, I don't think you can argue with the f- against the fact that that's a you know a huge upgrade for the Browns and a pretty successful um, uh, pretty successful production for any quarterback. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, I mean. <laughs> I think uh, you know your top tier quarterbacks are going to account for more than twenty two touchdowns a year, um, but you know considering how he's been held back by the players around him and the the changing of the schemes every year, we'll see though. We'll see. I don't think the Browns look at him as the long term answer. There. No, yeah, I don't think so either. But it's going to be interesting every year as Brown fans by mid season. I you know most of us are ready to move on from the team and never look back. And then they, they pull us back in again, like they just did with their moves. So I don't know that many people listening yeah. to this want to so, hear about the Browns, though. So what do you got? But maybe they do. You know, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. How about those Astros? I hate. I hate. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, I'm an Indians fan, obviously. I've been... I've rooted for the Astros uh, for several years living here in Houston. Uh, I own Astros shirts and a, and a jersey and all this, but now they're obviously a legitimate threat to the Indians. I really um, don't. I don't think I have anything left in me to root for them. Really, just uh, have an adversarial <laughs> position at this point. So, good congratulations on your World Series, though. Thanks. Fantastic. Yeah. You're an Astros yeah. fan, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. Mitch, you're a Rangers fan? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I think Mitch and I are in agreement that uh, we don't love seeing the Astros be successful. I'm happy for everybody here that I know that's a, that are fans of the team, but, yeah, I can't uh, can't support them. And they just, you guys just got better this offseason with the signing of Garrett we'll Cole. See. Yeah, I think Garrett Cole is going to be – 
You guys moved That's on. That's gonna be good from, addition. We gotta figure out the closer role though. You guys moved on from Mike Fires, and he's just getting shelled in spring training. Yeah. So I think that was a that was a solid move. Yeah. No, they're starting. They're starters are going to be solid i think it's going to be that back end of the bullpen that's going to be their achilles heel i'll tell you what i think um your thought process is an interesting one and something maybe to talk about in the future but um the closers role doesn't it doesn't really have the same meaning that it used to um with the uh with the evolution of uh major league bullpens guys like andrew miller and um other pitchers who can go two and three innings. Uh, and, you know, I think Terry Francona's done a really good job with playing matchups in the back end of the bullpen. It's not always Cody Allen that's closing out games. It usually is, and it helps to have that guy. But I think I think long, uh, middle to long relief guys like Andrew Miller, that right. mid- middle long relief guys have yeah. a different look than they did five yeah, years Andrew ago. Andrew Miller's a stud, man. He's that a stud. good. You guys got a what is it, Davinsky? Yeah, Davinsky can go two or three innings, and he wore down. I if I yeah, remember he correctly, went, um, but he's young too. I that's, think that happens. He's from uh, he's from Houston, right? I want to say he went to a side fair school. I'm not sure. I could that just be, be totally right. making that up. But yeah, he's I think, very good as he's able to to build endurance over his career. I think he's just going to be better for you guys, and maybe be that Andrew Miller type guy. Not that yeah. you guys need a lot of improvements because you had a no. Who yeah. was your closer I'm just, last year and you won the World Series? Well, Ken Giles, but he was. I mean, I don't, I don't know, think he was, closed a single game in the not in the, the postseason because they no. couldn't trust him. So who did close games in the postseason? Uh, who was? Uh, let's see. Who was it? Um, it wasn't Will was it Harris. McCullers or? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I want to say in the World Series, I think McCullers closed a couple games. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ken Giles, that dude, like, unless we're up by three runs, I mean. You, you can take comfort uh, when when looking back on Ken Giles, once he's not an Astro anymore, I think you can take comfort in what you actually gave up to get him at the time when the Astros gave up Mark Appel, um it looked like maybe he still had something left, and Mark Appel is never going to be a major league pitcher. So, I know there was another guy in that deal as well. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, you didn't end up at the time. It looked like a lot, but I don't think that you guys gave up much to get Ken Giles. Yeah. And at times he's looked absolutely dominant. I don't know if he's sometimes. Tipping, yeah, he's he very inconsistent. Or what, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, he's a he's a he can he's a tough pitcher when he's on. So. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows. I don't think you guys need yeah. much. I think you guys are in good shape. I think we'll be all did right. Did you sign a big hitter this offseason, too? Um, Did they? I don't know. No, I don't Not remember. Th- Yankees yeah. are going to be a tough out, though. They may, The Yankees may actually be the favorite from the AL. I think they are it's currently the, the favorite. that you guys um, won the World Series. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Who did the Yankees get? Uh, a little power hitter named Giancarlo Stanton. I don't oh, know if you ever right. heard of him. Yeah. yeah, among others, they got him. Everybody got better. The Red Sox got better. Yankees got better. Um, Indians really didn't get better. So I don't know if they've reached the um, – I think the Indians' window has already come and gone. I think our window may be closed when we lost to the Cubs in Game 7 mm-hmm. of the World Series two years ago. I don't know. The, the window's going to open again for a small market team. They haven't been able to keep up with all the spending that the other teams in the AL yeah. um, have been able to, to do, including the Astros. Your payroll is going to get up there, too, here pretty soon. It'll be interesting it'll to be, see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with Altuve and Correa and those guys, Springer. Bregman, eventually. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to be able to keep all those guys. Yeah. Altuve is probably – I mean, he could command $30 million a year when he Yeah, partners. and I think out of all those guys, I think that's the guy that – is definitely staying here. I don't think you. Oh, you better hope so. Yeah, I mean he's he's grossly underpaid at this point. It's really it's almost criminal, honestly, when you look mm-hmm. at what he makes like four million a year. Yeah, something like that. So I think we've reached maybe the end of this episode. I think this one's been really? a little looser than the last. Quick. Yeah, we're uh, we're probably at an hour ten right now. So oh wow, yeah, maybe it was fun. Were. Yeah, that's I had good. a good time. I don't yeah, know how interesting I kind of, it's going uh, to be. Yeah, to, I, that's but. what I was thinking. But I, I, I like not having like a serious topic today where we could just shoot the shit. Hi, Liz. 
Liz just walked for about in an hour. Yeah, for about an hour, an hour, ten minutes, something yeah. like that. It felt good. We'll enjoy listening to it, even if nobody else does. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, check us out. Um, again, check out the beer run on YouTube. Absolutely, Let's grow that beer run uh, is, subscriber base. Beer um, run yeah. is one of our um, is one of our sponsors. Yeah, actually help paying to keep the lights on. So. Currently sitting at nine subscribers. I think three of those are me because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people that. Apparently, you can tell people that. Um, but yeah, good talk. I think uh, for for anybody that has stuck with us through these first three episodes, um, I'm, I think our intention going forward is to have a guest, if at all possible, so we can have a. Uh, I believe, in a lot of regards, Mitch, Andrew, and myself um, have similar points of view on views on things. Um, the music that we like and how we maybe see politics, although maybe not. But uh, we certainly need a, a counterpoint to some of the stuff that we talk about and have talked about. So I think starting with the next episode, we'll we'll try to have a guest on. Sometimes do interviews, sometimes have debates and um, arguments, maybe. We'll see, but uh, we'll, we're going to try to kick it up a notch going forward. So, Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, with that, this has been uh, Not With That Attitude. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Turk. Andrew Bartos. And Mitch Marzola. All right. Peace, fuckers.